Today's episode is brought to you by artsythings.ch. Artsythings.ch creates various mandala designs in the form of stickers or digitally downloadable coloring sheets. Various other stickers with different themes, such as animals, motivation, fruits, and environment, can be found in these flowery, colorful, unconventional, and somewhat nerdy virtual store shelves under artsythings.ch on Etsy. Go show this wonderful artist some love on TikTok and Instagram under artsythings.ch. You can find all the information in the episode description below. And now, without further ado, let's jump right into today's episode. Hey guys, and welcome back to Adira the Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today with me again, my dear co-hosts, Devon in America and Adi in South Africa. Hi guys. Hi. Hi. So according to the US Census Bureau, in 2020, there were 11 million single parent families in America. 80% of them were headed by single mothers. This is what basically led us to record this episode today with you, Addie, being a single mom of three kids too. How old are your kids? I've got a 23-year-old, I've got a 17-year-old that's bordering on 18 in a few months, and then I've got a 15-year-old that's turning 16. So it's, yeah, it's exciting. (laughs) And I mean, you have three kids, and we were speaking about that yesterday when I said, Addy, what exactly do you do for a living? Because I know that you have a lot, but when you ended up writing me down what you actually do, I came up with counting eight jobs. (laughs) You wear a lot of hats. (laughs) So I'm going to just like lay it out because it is really incredible. So you have two portfolios that you are looking after for your company. Mm -hmm. You are the head of the discipline department for two high school in your community. Yes. You head the housing commission who is looking into fraudulent activities of low cost housing. Yeah. You also head the curriculum committee for one of the universities. Yes. You are an AG of your Rotary Club. Well, not from the Rotary Club, but the district, yes. From the district, okay. You are a regional member of one of the political parties. Yes. Also, you do run a program that supports small businesses. Yes. And the last one is that you just became a partner and founding member of Adira. Very proud of that one, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And what you also said, like, we were talking about different things, but then yesterday you pointed out that you're actually not that this would be enough already you're also studying part-time yes i am (laughs) so this basically leads me to one question i mean i usually only have 24 hours a day do you have more than that (laughs) no 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 i've i've got the same 24 hours the same days you've got (laughs) how do you do this I think the the quote from um, the gentleman Lao Tzu um, says, time is created thing. To say I don't have time is likely to say that I don't want to. So we all get the same 24 hours, you know, we all. So if I have eight hours in the day and you've got eight hours in the day and we all have to unpack those eight hours, yes, yours will look differently than mine, but I can assure you mine doesn't grow longer or suddenly become more important than yours. It's just you need to learn how to pack things in it accordingly. 
And some days, yes, it, I feel like I'm a sardine in a can with everything. Um, <laughs> but then as the kids grew older, you know, and they took over some responsibilities and just, you know, they, they just make my life so much easier. I must say, I'm truly, truly blessed. When when I sat one day and I cried my eyes out, I think God decided, okay, here's a special thing I'm going to give you disciplined kids that will listen to you. So yeah, I'm, I'm very, very blessed in that sense. My sons can cook, my daughter can cook, you know, they take over the chores when my day is a bit hectic and so forth. Um, all they want to know in the morning is how does it look? And we explain. So I've learned that communication with your kids are important. Listening to them is important. And in all of this, in you know, as, as much as it's an amalgamation of a lot of things, my kids are still my most important priority. So as long as I make time for them i make time for god then everything else falls in place the mm -hmm. minute i make something more important than them or i find that i haven't spoken to god you know during the day or even if it if, if it was just a thought my day goes horribly horribly wrong <laughs> so for me yes um I've, I've learned that we've got exactly the same amount of time so when it comes to your daily life is there anything that you would pinpoint out that you would say this is a struggle or this is the biggest struggle of being a single mom with three kids and working full time? I think the, you know, when the kids were younger, it was more difficult for me because they needed your attention. It was school runs. Oh, from, from the moment that they are young, thing, you have to worry about school runs. You have to make sure that you are there for all the activities when the teacher wants to see you, that you're there. Then, of course, when they get sick, you are at home and you have to tell people, I can't fit you in here. You you know, because my child is sick. And in some cases, especially when you have to attend a meeting and you have to get a call from school to go pick up your child, you know, because of something that has happened or when the child is sick and you have to say to your guys, I can't have this meeting with you because I've got a sick child. And the looks that you would get, especially in the corporate world, I found that the men, even though I was in a higher position, had always boiled down to, oh, so this is the reason we can't have you, you know, because this is what we're talking about when we look at women especially single moms so the discrimination when you are a single parent was just so much higher because we can't take you seriously because you're going to run off or you you won't be able to take this project as seriously because you know what if the child gets sick was going to feed your child at home and it would always be little jokes like that that in some cases when i was part of a project team the men would deliberately plan a meeting on a sunday when they know that was the only day that i had with the kids to see, oh, wow. you know, how they can frustrate you to step away from the project. Or if there is a moment, you know, where you just gave birth, um, that would also be a problem for them because now you were pregnant. Yeah. And in a meeting, they would ask you if you get passionate about something, if there's if somebody did something wrong and you question them, the first thing would be, oh, is it because of your hormones? Mm -hmm. You know, so it's it's been it's been a forever battle with trying to prove yourself or prove your worth as a woman that right. yes I can be as strong and capable in a boardroom as I am with raising my kids. Absolutely. So for yes. you know for me even though I've got my eldest son is autistic so even though you know I have a child that is special needs and I've got obviously two others that just because you have a special needs child doesn't make their priorities less than mm -hmm. than yours um you know so you always want to make sure that people understand that I'm going to be there for my kids yes but I am capable of filling the job or to carry a title as important as the next man 
So you want to make sure that you you don't get degraded just because of what's happening in your personal life. Yeah, absolutely. So in my personal life, my kids themselves, you know, even though um, there's normal issues like a child will get sick or they go to school and they need you then, my kids were never an issue. The right. external issues that came were either from, you know, work or their dad or, you know, the relationship there and so forth. But it was never ever the children themselves. Right. So that for me, you know, shows. And it's remarkable how kids pick up on when you need them or when they need to be there for you. And even though you're the parent, you know, and, and we always feel, no, but I gave birth to you and I carried you. You can't be there for me as a child. But I I think my kids have been there for me in more ways than one, mm-hmm. um, especially when they saw that things are a little bit difficult, you know. And when I made the decision to move into politics, for instance, and I said, okay, so I'm thinking of venturing into this. What do you guys think? And my daughter said, um, yeah, you speak a lot, so I think you'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> And exactly the same when I got chosen um, to be in the discipline, you know, um, for for their schools and so forth. And I would discuss it with them always. So whatever decision I've made, I would always take it back and I would sit and talk to them. Obviously, you want to keep it um, PG, you know, so that whatever input you give them is not too much for them. But you also don't want them to be shocked. Yeah. Um, you know, to find out from somebody else that this is happening and, and so on. So if there would be a potential threat coming from politics or the area that I'm operating in, they would be the first ones that I would talk to. And this would then boil down to my son's now doing the budget for groceries and tell me this is what we need, woman. And if I say, OK, so, you know, maybe we should buy X. And they said, no, 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 that doesn't work here. So this is what we need. And I'm like, fine, because you're the guys cooking. <laughs> and I have just allowed myself to just go with it. You know, they've, they've taken, not taken over, but we've, we've become such a good team now that they are older that I don't have to worry about those small things. Yes, you still want to spoil them. So I would end up cooking and, and that for them. But most of the time, they are the ones cooking. You come home and your washing is done and so forth. And I know there's a lot of the times that um, when I spoke to people and I would say this, they would ask, you would let your 17-year-old son do washing? Oh my and God. I said, yeah, why? And they would be appalled because, you know, it's like child labor. Why are you doing this? And when I speak to them and I say, guys, are you okay doing the stuff that you are doing? And they said, yeah. Because when we go to varsity and we're on our own, we know what to do. So they see it as a positive where other people would most probably die. (laughs) I I think Devin can join me on that one, that we've experienced this over the past couple of weeks too, the way that you communicate with your kids and the way that there is like this respect coming from you towards your kids and from your kids towards you, which actually shows that, like you said, you're a good functioning team. You're a family that functions even though there is maybe a missing piece when it comes to having an absent father in this case, right? Uh, you have two boys. Yes. Be- being a single mom, is there anything that you could say or that you have experienced when it comes to having the boys without a father that you maybe, I don't know if struggling is the right word, but that is missing because of that situation? Their dad is very involved with them, so they do see him and so forth. But I find that there are things that they would not do or say because the relationship spectrum is different. 
Mm-hmm. So with us, we've got, you know, we, we've set a, a set a way of dealing with things. There is a very nice way of communicating. We don't scream. We don't shout. I don't need to swear. I don't need, you know, I don't need to be an aggressive parent to get things done. And then on the other side, that's unfortunately how it gets done. So you see the relationship, because the relationship is different, you have to find a way of speaking to them when they come back to say, okay, so how was your time? You know, um, where, are you okay? Is there anything you need to deal with? And sometimes, especially with boys, they get introverted. So they don't want to let you know that something is wrong because they're the man of the house. Mm-hmm. And they want to portray that. So they they try to hide their emotions as much as possible so that they don't upset you or let you get into an argument with the other person. And because of that, you know, as a parent, you always have to be extremely careful that they don't become the parent, parenting the parent. You, you know what I mean? But to, to an extent where when you see that they go quiet, you have to ask, um, would you like some quiet time with me now? Do you want to go for a walk? You know, take them away from their siblings. If they want to open up, they open up. If they don't want to, at least they had that time with you where they could just chill, Mm -hmm. where they didn't feel that they need to carry the burden of the whole world on top of them. And, you know, if like with with all three, they're very artistic. They go and they go draw or they would write music, you know. So there's a lot of the times where I pick up that there are changes in their moods or in their emotions because of what I see in either their pictures or in the music that they're producing or the poems that they are writing and so on. So it's a matter of learning to know your child through the various stages that they are developing. The second eldest one is a real mommy's baby. He will come in and just hug me. And sometimes he'll just lay on top of me and he doesn't want to say anything. And then I know, okay, you just need this time with me. I need to be quiet because right now you need, he calls me a squidgy mummy because I'm soft. So <laughs> he just needs his squidgy mummy and then he's fine. Um, whereas my daughter, you know, she would come in and you can see the emotion is written all over her face. Her brothers are not like that. So they, they hide the emotions very well. So when it's squeegee mommy time, it's squeegee mommy time, and then we walk away. Or when, like this morning, I was tickled where I had no voice left. (laughs) Uh, He just needed me to laugh. And, you know, so you you allow yourself just to read what they need from you at a certain time. And it's very difficult. Boys, for instance, when it goes through them wanting to date, because they're now at the dateable age and so on. Oh, it's very difficult because they see their mom in a certain way. So it's almost like they expect the partner to be the same. And then if the partner is a bit cheeky and so forth and their mom is not, they can't understand that. So now you have to listen to all of those stories as cringeworthy as it is sometimes. (laughs) And I can assure you... (laughs) You, you don't want to hear that some your son is liking somebody or even my daughter when she says, oh, this boy told me today that he likes me. And you're like, which boy now? And she says, no, it's not the first time. And you say, yeah, but you know, you're in high school now. And now, now the realization of how old they actually are right. and they're not mommy's little babies anymore is really kicking in. Yeah. So, you know, it becomes very emotional because you want to protect your kids at all costs against just about everything being thrown at them. 
But we also have to learn that you can't always do that. You know, there's there's a way that we need to learn how to deal with things. As long as there's self-discipline, as long as there's control, as long as there's patience and love and you trying to understand their various moods. Because remember, as much as you were a parent right now, you were also a teen at one stage. And right. you also had your own issues. So yes. <laughs> you, <laughs> I always try to reflect back and see, did I do this as a child? Because I, there's days when I really, and, and I'm not a perfect parent by any means, where you look at this child and you think, can I sell you back to who gave you to me? But then that is like 2% out of the 100% where for the rest of it, it's just trying to mold this child the best that you possibly can with the resources that you have, you know. And speaking of resources, when we talk about finances and so on, and I, you know, there's something that they really, really want, and I can't provide it at that stage, I'm very open with them. So I will say to them, look, right now, is this something you need now? Or is this something that we can work with over a few months? So that, you know, if it's a now issue, we need to cut some things in order to make this happen. If it's something that you need over the next few months, then we can save towards that. Then we're cutting out little things that you're enjoying now. They've always been so considerate and always been working with me. And as a parent, you end up feeling guilty when you can't do the things that everybody else is doing because their dynamic is different to yours. But, you know, so so you learn to, to communicate that with your kids at all stages. And I found that when you do that, when you explain to them exactly what's going on in the most childlike manner from an early age, then you won't have any issues with them in their teenage years or when they are older. So much so that my eldest son is now also working and he will come home at the end of the month and say, okay, so here's the half of my salary and the middle one is the one looking at budgets and he will cut us on anything, I promise you. For instance, if it's, let's say um, it's a soft drink or something that we are requiring, you know, or that we are wanting, and he would see that there is no space for it in the budget at that point, you will tell us, no, there's no soft drinks now. And we won't get angry about it or anything. My daughter is the one that watches usage of items. So if you use shampoo faster than what it usually would be used for, she nails you on that. And... <laughs> We have the culprit of the week. So the culprit of the week gets extra chores. <laughs> Whether that is me or them. And she, as, as young as she is, she's then the one that calls us on that. For everything in the house, from the chores to, you know, the consumption of items to our workload. If somebody has to write more exams or we have to, you know, I have a lot of work coming in or they have a lot of homework. We are very vocal about it and we tell each other, look, this week is a bit rough for me. Do you mind taking over some of my duties? And yes. then I will come and take over yours. So I just the mere fact that we're working like that, you know? Yeah, it's like a team effort. And it's almost like you even make a game out of it, like where you're talking about the culprit of the week and stuff. Like, that's really cool because it's almost like you're helping, you're getting everyone to contribute, but it's also still like a fun, you know, teamwork type atmosphere. Yes, uh, yes. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I love it. I really love the way you handle these things. What I actually find funny is that you pinted out the fact that um, your sons now are in the age of dating. 
But do you actually realize that when you were at the age that your oldest son is now, you already had a four-year-old? Oh my gosh. No, 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 no. My son is 23 now. Yes. And I had him when I was 21. Oh, so I he thought... would be two years. Yes. Yeah, two-year-old. Yeah, two <laughs> okay, well, but still, you know, <laughs> I had 19 in my head, but okay. But that's, you know, you had a baby. <laughs> Yes, yes. I, you know, and, and even then when he was, when I was a single mom with him because his dad passed away in a car accident when he was very young. Mm -hmm. So when I had to start getting into the dating game and having to explain to guys, look, I've got a son and he's my priority. So unfortunately, I can't go clubbing like everybody else. I can't just go away for a weekend like everybody else. So are you up for this? And very, very seldom would you get somebody that will go all in with you? Because he's not there to buy nappies for you. He is there to come to you, not to your son. And you would explain, no, but I'm not asking you to be carry a financial burden for me. I'm handling my stuff. All I want you to do is to understand that when I tell you I don't have time for you, I don't have time for you because my son needs me. Nine out of 10 times, I would say, yes, yes, of course, of course. But the minute you would then be in that situation where it comes across, then you have to answer and unfortunately lose the person because they're not committing to what they have said. Mm -hmm. So yes, you, you lo I've lost a lot of people that way. Um, but I also think that, you know, God brings certain people into your life and he removes certain people out of your life for a very good reason. Yes. So there are times that you have to look at these things. Like my mom was also a single mom. And I remember a very funny episode when we were all older now already and she brought a guy home and he was going to sleep over the one night. And my brother and I were standing around and my brother kept on asking, so when is he leaving? And my mom said, no, he's sleeping over. And I asked where in the lounge must we make a bed? And she said, no. And, and that's it. <laughs> We were already in our twenties and we were looking at my mom like, hell no, this is not gonna happen. <laughs> like, excuse me, what do you think you're doing? This is not happening. And now I'm getting that right back from my very own. It's you know, and it's hilarious because I remember my brother and I doing that to my mom, and now it's exactly the same. Like, who are you on the phone with? Why are you giggling? Why are you smiling so long? You know? Who's on the WhatsApp? Why is that a man's voice? <laughs> <laughs> like, those are not your girlfriends. What are you doing? <laughs> so you have to, you have to really, you know, be careful with how and who you bring into your dynamic, especially seeing that this is already such a strong group that you've got. Yeah. And you've got a very strong bond. I know my sisters as well. They also, um, you know, all single. And their relationship with their kids is exactly the same, mm -hmm. where we speak to them, we talk it out, you know, because I've seen a, a relationship where you hide issues from your children, right. or you're not being honest with them, and how horribly wrong that can become, yes. um, where your children then act up because they're not getting the full support that you, you're supposed to give them, or you're not explaining to them that, you know, if there's no money for something, there's no money for something how they then don't understand those things. So for me, just the mere fact that, you know, I saw how my mom handled herself. I saw how strong my grandmother was. My grand was never a single parent, but my grand was alone during the Second World War because my grandfather was in there. 
but just the fact that she had to carry herself, you know, and every other woman that I've come into contact with, you kind of suss out your own good and bad vibes out of it because none of none of us are perfect. You know, you will make mistakes a thousand times over. You will get it so wrong at times where you say the wrong thing because you're trying to be the friend instead of the parent. Then you have to remember, oh, no, no, this is not working. Switch back to the parent. You know, so so you've got a learn, learning curve all the time. And the listeners can't see me, but I'm making curves with my hands here. <laughs> and I keep on forgetting that they can't see us. Do you feel because usually when you are in a relationship, when you have a partner, you obviously discuss more issues or more problems that are around with your partner. Do you feel like because that part is not present, that you basically also have to bring up more of maybe the hard things um, with your kids? Talk to yes. them more than you would maybe do if there was a partner around? I think, you know, one of the things that I've learned from my mom was that she had the 18-year-old rule. What that basically meant was that if you turn 18, you're an adult now, so you're allowed into the space where you can get some uh, information that your younger siblings would not be privy to. Mm -hmm. So we would not be able to go into the room to discuss things with her if we were not 18, which ticked off my siblings because when we turned 18, we could tell them, no, no, you can't enter because you're not 18 yet. So now with my own, it's, you know, although they're not all 18 yet, but if they are mature enough to listen to a specific topic, I would raise that with them Mm -hmm. as a collective. Yes. And, you know, because with my mom, that did create some division because it was only certain groups of us that heard and the rest almost felt like they were excluded. Yes. So I'm very wary of that with my own kids, you know, where I would say, okay, baby, I think this is not, this is too big for you. But mommy's going to try and mince it down for you and then try and simplify that. Mm-hmm. And then to the older ones, I would then go into depth um, and say, okay, so this is what I'm looking at. Yes. So right. that they understand. But when they when they were all in their teenage years now, it's so much easier to discuss it with them because we look at everything from your school fees to school clothes to what the dogs need to the house, just about every aspect of it, that you don't feel scared to speak to them openly about the topic because they've just grown wise beyond their years. And sometimes I feel really sorry for them because kids their age at school are not dealing with half the stuff that they have to deal with. Right. Um, and sometimes you can hear when my daughter comes and she says, mommy, do you know that the kids in my class don't even know how to do dishes? And then I tell them, I cook a whole meal and I do my dishes. <laughs> and you can hear the frustration in her voice. And sometimes, you know, it will she will sulk around or it will impact them a little bit. And then the three of them just um, talk it out and you see that they're fine again. So it's not a perfect situation. You know, I would still want to have a loving home where, you know, the kids have both parents just really um, being there for them and really protecting them from both sides. But I I must admit that the seed that God has given me and and the stuff that he's given me to develop those seeds within my kids have really helped a lot. So I think just being surrounded by my sisters so that I can bounce some stuff off them. Most of our kids are more or less the same age. 
I don't know how it is in other cultures or other families, but somehow when my mom gave birth to me, all her sisters gave birth to children that year and the following. So all our kids are always the same ages and exactly the same with my sisters. When I was pregnant, they were pregnant. So, you know, all our eldest kids are a few months older than each other. So it's nice because you, you've got kids now that are more or less the same age that can also speak to each other, going through the same issues. And they just bounce it, bounce it off each other. And what I love is when they do not understand something, they won't go Google it. They will say, you know, call a family meeting and say, okay, so I found this thing. What is that? And if my daughter overheard me having some girly talk and, <laughs> and she picked up on a word that she's not, you know, um, used to, she will say, mom, can you explain this to me, please? Because I don't want to go Google this thing. So at least then you know that you are giving them that information. They're not getting it off the street, which right. is helpful. Like I said, cringeworthy at times, but yeah. It, well, <laughs> it open, all of us. open and honest communication. That's good. I mean, that's leading with love is what it sounds like. And you have a really good support system. And it sounds like y'all are just very open and honest and that's really ultimately what what kids need you know I, I completely agree and it's also a fact that proves how well you did because how many times do you hear that when it comes to kids going into puberty and everything they start to close up and they don't want to talk about specific topics with their parents so they yeah. do start googling things start getting right. it from another source which basically proves that you did everything right because your kids even though they are adults and still teenagers they come to you for your advice for your right. your explanation but it's also you know you you find you find situations where you wouldn't have necessarily been exposed to it yourself. Like I was never exposed to my brothers watching certain content, mm -hmm. um, you know, on, on <laughs> and boys develop very differently to girls. Even with my daughter as well, she's going through puberty. So they hear about her cycle, they hear what pad she's supposed to be using. She and, and she tells him, what if you have a girlfriend? You must know these things, you know? Right. Whereas in my household, that was a taboo subject because of the age group that we were, you know? It was not allowed. So they would, they, they speak to each other openly about these things. Um, and in the beginning, you know, it used to cringe me out because I'm like, no, don't, just speak to me about it, it's fine. Um, and they would say, no, 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 mommy, we, we're totally okay, we know. They know when she's in a bad mood, they ask, did it start? And she says, yes. And they know, okay, she's <laughs> this week, don't touch her. Um, you know? <laughs> so she will be pampered that week. They will get her what she needs. You know, she, she gets cut off her chores. And it's not my doing. It's just standing between all of them um, that they've just decided on, you know, not verbalized anything, but it's just, okay, you're going through this thing. It's all good. And there you move on. And the same with her when she sees that they've got acne or whatever the case may be. And it's, why aren't you using the stuff that I've made for you? And she creates a whole skin care routine and whatnot. So, you know, it's it's really, and, and when the boys are watching certain things, you know, that they don't want their mom to know that they are watching, they would tell her, stay away from the room. This is what we're going to be doing. So, you know, so at least there's this, there's, they verbalize it, they talk it out and, and so on. And they're always very careful. You won't hear them swearing at each other. Um, right. Sometimes one will release a little word and then the others go, ja, and then you know, okay. They, they penalize each other 
in their own way they've worked out a system that works for them right you know so they've really made my life ugh, extremely extremely easy like i said my most difficult things are coming from external sources hmm. but definitely not not my children right yeah but i'm very very blessed yeah oh, that's awesome amazing I mean, obviously, every situation when it comes to being a single parent is different. But if you would have to sum up the top three advice for a single parent, what would that be? Um, if the partner is around, you know, in terms of the other parent, have a good relationship with that parent. Try as much as possible not to badmouth the parent in front of, of the kids. Try and, and speak to the parent as much as possible about some of the things that you have picked up. Um, they might not handle it the same way you do, which is fine. If you see that there is an issue where they are not assisting you or that they are treating the kids in a different way and the kids are stressed and you can't speak to that person, take the child away for a little bit. Don't expose them to that all the time because kids go through stresses very differently than we do. And the way you are handling it now will either leave a scar or heal the child, you know, at that moment in time. So that is that is my, my first most important one, is that the relationship with a parent must be there, deconstructive as it can be sometimes, <laughs> if that is the word I can use for it. Well, because the, you have to put your own feelings aside and it came to a breakup for a reason, so you obviously yes. heard or not really liking that person so much anymore but you still have kids together so you have to be the bigger person for the kids yes and it's not always easy you know sometimes you want to chew a brick but that's okay and then you move on the second thing i would say is you know try and be there as much as possible for your kids understand that they also want their own space so don't smother them don't be the friend you know Sometimes we want to be your child's best friend and we want to do everything and we want to be the cool parent. And you can be the cool parent without diminishing your parenthood. So, you know, be the parent. They, there must be boundaries. There must be discipline. There must, you know, and if all of that is clearly drawn, that you won't have any issues with the children. The, the, you have to be the parent before you can be the friend. So they, yes. have to, you, they have to understand that role. And then once they grow up, then you can transition into the, the friend role, which is nice too. Most <laughs> At least coming from the daughter part of it. <laughs> Most definitely. And then the final part would be making time for yourself as well. Because, you know, as much as you want to be the parent and you want to carry the whole world on your shoulders, you are not superwoman or superman. You need to make sure that there are, you know, times for yourself. There are days that I would lay on the bed and just cry into a pillow because that's what I need to do at that stage. Because there's not going to be another person that listens to you. And you also don't want to bring in another partner and then put all of this on top of that person. So take your time out. If it means you need to take a hike or go walk a dog or scream into your pillow, do so. Take that extra bubble bath or something, write in your journal. Speak to your girlfriends or your boyfriends or, you know, whichever grouping you are part of. But make time for yourself because it's only out of a healed person that can bring healing to others. So if you are strong enough and you are healed, then you can portray that or give that out to your kids. Mm -hmm. If you are broken as a parent, 
you are not going to have kids who are not broken. I can assure you of that. And I've had both sides of the spectrum. So I can speak, I can speak from myself, uh, you know, of, of both sides of the spectrum where I tried to do things from a broken state and it didn't work. It didn't work. So once I started healing myself and, and understanding where my strong or my strength came from, that's where I found was the biggest thing for me. Mm -hmm. That's so beautiful. Oh my gosh. For the next episode, we're going to do something a little bit more special than we used to do because we will bring a man into this group of <laughs> adding women. <laughs> we'll actually be speaking to a single father about basically the same topics as we spoke to you, Eddie, because we do want to bring the awareness out. We do want to show both sides. Yes. And I'm really looking forward to see you in the next couple of days. Thank you so I'm much. I'm looking forward to that episode too. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to me. Bye, everyone. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>